I want us to open to John chapter one. John chapter one. The gospel according to John chapter one. And I'm just going to read verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace or grace upon grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The last time I spoke, I started on the topic embodying the word, embodying the word. And we said to embody means to be a true representation of an ideology. And for us, not just an ideology of the truth, <laughs> hallelujah, is to be a true representation of the truth that the word of God is. Amen. Amen. And we saw here that the scripture tells us that in Christ's incarnation, he actually embodied the world. It was as if the word of God was given a physical body, which is what it was really, to be able to express itself. So the word is moved from the abstract into the realm of realities. The word is moved from the realm of logo, logos into the realm where it becomes something you can touch, you can feel, you can experience in real life. And that is what it means to embody the world. It is to become the, a living example of what we are trying to communicate in words. And Jesus did exactly that. And that was why we said, it was not just a messenger, it was the message, it became the message. And we concluded that message by letting us know that the desire of God is that we all will become the embodiment of the word of God. That is, a people who truly represent the word that we are trying to proclaim, the gospel we are trying to bring to others, the message that we are trying to take to others, we become a people in whom that message can be truly represented. We become living examples of what we are trying to convey verbally. Hallelujah. And that is what God wants us to be. That we are not just a people who are speaking the word of God. 
were people who are actually living the word of God. And that is what the agenda of God is for this time. That is what the program of God is at this hour. And that is the will of God for each and every one of us. If I may start this way, you just look at your life. If people are looking at you, what do you embody? What do you represent to them? What is that word of God that you are a living example of? So that when people talk about that thing or that aspect of the word of God, they can truly point to you and say she or he is an embodiment of that. You can see that all over her. Do you get the point we are making? That is where God wants to take us to. Even now, several of us, we have been in the church for years and there are those who have just come. But let me challenge us. When people look at us, what aspect of the word of God do you represent to them? Is this too difficult a question? I know it's touching, but all of us should embody something of the word of God. And you become a message to people in that sphere of your life. I'm not just talking about embodying some part and then leaving the other, but I'm saying even now, what aspect, what dimension of the word of God do you embody? Of the truth of the word, do you embody? For instance, let's look at Jesus. You know that Jesus embodied, I'm just speaking an aspect, the totality, I mean, he embodied the totality of the word of God. But let me just speak aspect that will help us to understand what we are saying. Look at what he himself said when he took the word of God in Luke chapter four, in Luke chapter four, in Luke chapter four, he took the word after his temptation in the wilderness and we'll come back to this same chapter again. And as he returned, look at what the scripture says from verse 16. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handled the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, that was uh, a prophecy, isn't it? That someone would have been wondering, what could this mean in reality? Then he opened it, and as soon as he read it, look at what he said. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled. This scripture is made a reality. 
this scripture becomes something someone can benefit from, can experience. Are you following me? Through his own life. So he embodied the anointing. If you are wondering, what does the anointing look like? What does it mean to be an anointed man? You only need to look at the life of Jesus. What will the Holy Spirit do in a vessel that he has anointed? You look at the life of Jesus, you can see it. It's a reality. Is that not the case? Will you see Jesus and not see anointing? That's why John said, and we beheld his glory. We saw it for ourselves. Anyone who can embody the word of God will shine. We radiate a glory. Because the word of God is glorious. When you embody the word of God, the glory of God must shine through you. Hallelujah. Are you getting the point I'm making? You will be beautiful inside out. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? They couldn't recognize him. They just wonder, is this not the boy that was just born yesterday in our eyes? <laughs> the elderly people around. Because he embodied it. Mm -hmm. And look at what Peter said. I'm just using this as an example and we'll see more later. So look at what Peter said in Acts chapter 10. As he was ministering in the house of Cornelius, he said something that tells me Jesus was an embodiment of what it means to be anointed according to the word of God. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38 has this to tell us. It says, Our God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, Amen. both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. We are witnesses. We saw it. It was not a make-believe. We saw it. So, just for, to bring clarity to this message, you will see how Jesus embodied the word there regarding anointing. Amen. And no one could doubt that they had seen it. What they were hearing about became a reality that many could benefit from. He said of his fullness. One of us was talking about God bringing us into fullness. Of the fullness that Jesus had, he said, we all, we all have so profited that we keep on having grace upon grace. May someone look at our lives and from the grace, from the fullness that we carry, we embody, may, 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 may the grace of God be imparted to them in Jesus' name. May they draw grace from the word that we are embodying. That should be your desire. That should be my desire. That should be your aim. That should be your goal. You can be an embodiment of true worship. 
of what it means to be a true worshiper. You can be an embodiment of that, that when people see you, they understand what worship is about. You get the point? I don't want this to be complicated at all. We want it to be a simple enough truth that we can run with. What do I represent to the people? What message is my life communicating? That I'm not just a messenger of, but I'm the message they are seeing. Hallelujah. And we will see how people will be drawn to the Lord. We will see how inviting our lives will be to the gospel that we proclaim. Hallelujah. And so we move on quickly as I begin to talk today about how to embody the world. How to embody the world. Because we must know the how. We have talked about what it means to embody. We want to look at how do we do it? How does it, this become a reality for us? That each and every one of us, we're embodying the word of God. We are an embodiment of the truth of the word of God. That's the goal this month. And we will run through it. It may be in bullet points, but I want you to go back and do a study on each of them. Each of the points we'll be raising this point. To embody the word of God, the first thing we must do is to esteem the word. Esteem the word. Esteem the word. And you know that what it means to esteem is to put great value upon. Is to value something greatly. Is to consider something of a great worth to you. Do you know that what you don't value or what you don't esteem you will not be proud to represent. Am I, am I wrong in that? It's only what you value so much, you consider what, why? That you will be proud to represent. Esteeming the world. Job, 23, verse 12. Job 23, verse 12. And it reads, I have not departed from the commandment of his leaves. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I have treasured his word more than my necessary food. He has put so much value on the word of God, more than his meals, which means he can go on with the word of God, even if he has not eaten food. He can decide to keep an empty stomach for a period of time, even though he's hungry, just to be able to devote some time to the word of God. Brothers and sisters, what is it that you can 
You can forgo only to find time for the word of God. A bit of gossip. <laughs> I know we don't gossip in this church. I'm just using that as an example. A little bit of time that we devote to so, much, so many other things. It shows the extent to which we, we esteem the world, we value the world. And anyone who must embody the world must value it greatly. You remember what Jesus said? I think that should be Matthew 4, 4, someone to read it for me, in the temptation. And we're still going to come there. What did Jesus say there in the temptation? Was it 4, 4? Who is reading it? In Matthew 4, I'm sure it's there. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Amen. He answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So not just physical food, that tells you someone who has esteemed the word of God. Given the word of God the right place in our life, in our hearts, in the agenda of our life. That is what it means to esteem the word. I valued it. I consider it of great importance to me. Amen. Amen. How important is the word of God to you? And you know what the scripture says? In Psalm 138, I think verse two, the last bit of verse two, it says, God has esteemed his word above all his name. God has rated his word above all his names. I believe it's Psalm 138, verse 2, the latter bit of verse 2. That's what we are talking about. If God, if God esteems his own word, how much do we esteem it? Exalted his own word. To what, to what level have we exalted the importance of the word of God in our own lives? Hallelujah. Should I take another scripture? Or I jump to the next point. Turn with me to that Psalm 19, which our brother Charles was trying to read for us. In fact, the next verse after where he stopped. Let's go there. Psalm 19. In Psalm 19, look at what the psalmist has said. And we are going to re make reference to this, but I will read it now because it's so timely to read it now. From verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. 
converting the soul. Changing the heart of man. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And I've told you what it means, what the simple there means. It's a polite way. <laughs> you, know, you, you understand what I'm talking about? No matter how hard it is for you to grasp something, the word of God will give you wisdom. Amen. That's how powerful the word of God is. Look at it. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. No matter how down, no matter how sad, if you can find the appropriate word of God, it will lift up your heart. Hallelujah. It will bring joy to you in your down moments. It excites the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the heart. It will just open your eyes. The word of God gives revelation, clears our mind of ignorance. The other day I was talking with one of our brothers about how one revelation can bring deliverance to someone without anyone praying for you, without anyone laying hands on you. Today we would rather, many of us would rather run from one pillar to post asking for a deliverance minister to minister deliverance to us. But do you know what? If we go into the word of God, one word of revelation, one light of truth shining in your heart, we bring liberation, we bring liberty, we bring freedom and drive away every element of darkness. The fear of the Lord is clean and during forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Look at where I'm going. 10. More to be desired are they than gold. Yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Can you see? where the psalmist has elevated the word of God to, do you know why? Because he has discovered the import of the word. You get that? To him, the word of God is so important. He could see the value of the word of God. He could appreciate the greatness of the word of God. Brothers and sisters, if we must embody the word, we must esteem the word. Number two. Embrace the word. And I think that is becoming clearer here, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever you esteem, you will embrace. You will delight in. You will warm up to. You will love with your heart. You will show affection for. How much affection, delight, love do we have for the word of God? The day you discover the importance of the word of God, this word of God we are talking about, you will delight in it. You will rejoice to have it. You will rejoice to hear it. You will be delighted to have a revelation of it. Whether in a collective meeting like this or on your own, you will look forward to it.
what is the state of your heart towards the world? Is it that of embrace? And to embrace also means you believe it, isn't it? You believe it, you delight in it, you love it. What a great blessing is in that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn with me to, to Psalm number one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of discomfort, but his delight, can you see that? His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. And the result of it, you, you know, it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. Who sleeps shall not wither, and whatever it does shall prosper. You can see that this is a man who is beginning to embody the fruitfulness that the word of God promises. Because of the delight in the world. Is the point we are making clear this morning? Are we getting this? Embrace it. I know some of you will have been thinking I'm going to be talking about some big, big theology. No, that's not what this needs. Practical things that you can look at your life and begin to look at it. How much is the word of God worth to me? And how much delight do I have in it? Some of us can go two, three, four days without opening the page of the Bible to read. And some can go longer. But they can never miss one meal a day. Am I communicating this morning? You can then see why the Christianity in our life, in, in our time, is so shallow in many places. Because there's no delight in the true word of God that converts the soul. That the, the word of God that transforms men and women. Look at this man, delight in the world. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. In Psalm 119, I know I'm reading many passages of the Bible today, but very important for us so that we see exactly what the scripture is talking about. If you look at, I think that should be verse 97, Psalm 119, verse 97. Look at what it says. How I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. How I love it. How I just love it. How I love your law. I just love it. So I can stay on it all day long. How many of us can scale that truly from our heart? That how I love your Lord, O oh Lord. I can meditate on this all day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I want to, God wants to see, and I also want to see if people truly love the word of God. They love the word of God. They don't mind spending time with it, which is, I'm going to come to that very shortly. Amen. Amen. They just love it. It's a delight. Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah 15, verse 16. I like this one, <laughs> just like, just like the, the other ones I've read. Look at what it says. Your words were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. The rejoicing of my heart when I find when, when I when, 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 when I found your word, I just started devouring it, eating it like if that food. Because it just gives me joy. Brothers and sisters, it's time to begin to enjoy the word of God. Part of embracing the word of God is to believe it. Delight in it, love it, and enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Number three. Engage with the word of God. Engage. What you value, what you love, will you not spend time with? To engage here means to devote time, energy, and resources to. You engage with it. You spend time with it. You see that verse 97 of Psalm 119? I, I love your word. And it's the meditation of my heart all day. So that's engagement from loving, embracing, to go into engaging with. Let's engage with the word of God. Spend time with. No one, no one suddenly becomes transformed without spending time with the word of God. The values, the virtues of it, they don't rub on our lives until we spend time with it. We devote time to it. Let's devote time to the reading of the word of God, to reading, to studying, and to meditating on the word of God. So that's the aspect we are talking about. Where you read, where you, you study, and where you embrace. That you, sorry, you, you spend time with the world, meditating on it. Joshua 1.18, does anyone want to read that for me? As I move quickly to... You can see so many other scriptures that will tell you how people engage with the word of God. They, they just engage with the word. They took time, they spent time on it to take it in. To, in, to ensure that it fills their hearts. The word of God will not fill your heart if you don't spend time with it. The more we engage with the word of God, the more of his value, his virtues are imparted to us, are released into our life. The more of the grace therein is poured upon us. It is not magical. Amen. Joshua 1, verse 8. Even as I read this verse, uh, in Joshua, who is reading it? It's a verse we know, and we can you can even quote it offhand if you want to. But I just want us to read it so that those who don't know it can actually know that it is there in the Word of God. Joshua 1, verse 8. Let this book of the law depart from your mouth but meditate on it day and night to ensure that you do all that is written therein. For then you shall be prosperous and have good success. Amen. Can you see that? Meditate on it day and night. Don't let it depart from your mouth. The outcome of it will show. 
in your successes and in your prosperity. Do you understand that? It takes time. It's not the grasp it, believe it, claim it. It's not that one. In this one, <laughs> we are talking about engaging. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Because of my time, maybe I'll push forward quickly. Other things will come in later. Do you understand what it means to engage with now? So let's go to the next one. If we are engaging with the world, and actually part of that is actually, if you are engaging with the word of God, it's, as, it's about exercising ourselves in it. I'm not taking exercise as, exercising ourselves in it as a separate topic now. I'm just, you know, uh, telling us that's part of it. You practice it. You do it. You 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 put it into in, into practice. But we'll come to that in a clearer way later. So the next thing we do, as we begin to engage with the Word of God, is to employ the Word of God. <laughs> I'm sure somebody will say, uh, uh, "Employment, where <laughs> we employ the Word of God." And what it means is to make use of, make use of the word of God. We make use of the word. Perhaps this is where really the exercising actually comes in. You employ it, you make use of it. How do we do that? The first thing is to examine our lives in the light of the world. There's no point reading a world that you are not ready to examine your life in the light of. Because that is where it starts from. It helps us to know where we are, where am I in the light of this world? Where am I? Examine our life in the context of the world. It's, one, it's the first thing we need to do in employing the word of God. Second Corinthians 13 verses 5 and 6 has this to tell us. You know it, but let me read it. Second Corinthians 13 says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves? that Jesus is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified. But I trust that you will know that we are not disqualified. Test yourself, examine yourself. One thing the word of God will bring us to is, is face to face with our own lives. And then that brings us to what James said. I could use so many other examples, but because of time, James chapter one. You remember James? You remember what Brother James said in chapter one? And I just read. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow from verse 21, overflow of naughtiness or wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the world and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. We must avoid self-deception. Just examine your own life with the word. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, which the psalmist referred to before, and continues in it, engaging in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. We embody what the word says. The word of God will reflect in his life. 
May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Do we get this point this morning? Employ it in, exa in examining yourself. What next do we do with it? Let it be your guide in your decisions, in the decisions of life. Make it a guide. Make it the standard around which your decisions are weighed. Let it be the light, the lamp to your feet and the light to your path. Let it be the yardstick by which whatever you want to do is measured. If it doesn't measure up to what the word says, then stop it. It may look a good idea to somebody, but it will not make you to embody the word. Because the moment you lower the standard of what the word says, you will live below the standard of the word of God. <laughs> is this making sense to us? All you need to do, if you lower the word of God below what it is, you will live just like that. Let's aspire that our decisions will be measured, guided, gauged, by the world. When that becomes our yardstick, we're going to see a lot. A lot of changes in our lives. I may have to stop here. I still have more to say, but I may stop here and trust God to know how next do we have us continue? But let me take this scripture from Psalm 119. Psalm 119. In Psalm 119, yes, I'm there. Verse 104 says, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Can you see a man who is using the word of God to guide his ways? So his hatred for anything is based on the word of God or his dislike. He's not wanting to do a thing. It's based on what the word says. Look at verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. May the Lord help us from today to begin to make the word of God a guide for our lives in Jesus' name. Because I've talked about employing, we also employ the word of God in addressing spiritual conflicts, in our battle, in our spiritual warfare, employ the word of God. You know that's what Jesus used? It is written. Jesus was simply employing the word of God there. It is written. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 tells us the word of God is the sword of the spirit. Let's employ it. As Christian soldiers, we are in a war. But the word of God is our weapon. Let's employ it in rebuking the evil one, in dispelling the path of darkness. Hallelujah. For the word of God is active, that is living. And it is powerful. Hallelujah. Let's use it. It's sharper than any to exalt. According to Hebrews 4 verse 12. Let's be a people who are employing the word of God.
and the results will be remarkable. We'll continue from here by the grace of God. Let's bow down heads as we just pray. Talk to God this morning. Pray that the word of God will be of importance to you. We have the right value in your own life, in your own heart, in your own home, in your family. Pray that the word of God will be put where it should be. Pray that you will begin, you will have joy, delight in the word of God. You will know the joy, the delight that is in the world. Determining your heart to find time for the world, to fall in love with the world and begin to read, to study, to meditate on it as the scripture has told us to do. And lastly, pray that as you are engaging with the word of God, you will have the wisdom on how to employ it at different times. The word of God covers every aspect of our lives and we only know how to use the word of God in those relevant places and parts of our lives. Pray that we will be a people, as individuals and as a church, who are embodying the truth, who are embodying the truth, who are embodying the truth for our world to see, for our generation to see. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Amen.